This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Hallelujah. Well, let's just pray. Father God, we say thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for your presence. God, we worship you. Lord, I thank you that you're here right now. Lord, that you're present to heal. God, give us ears to hear what you're saying and eyes to see what you're doing. Bless us indeed, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Well, for the last um, little while, uh, last Sunday and last Friday night, I was sharing, I've been sharing on birthing your promise. And I've been talking a little bit about the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel. And you know, every one of us are called to birth the promises of God that is put on the inside of us, to bring it to birth. But you know, there is a process that we go through in seeing the things that God has put on the inside of us uh, come to pass. And we can take such encouragement from the Word of God where He speaks to us and wants to show us through different people's journeys and and through, uh, through the Word of God speaking to us that as we persevere, perseverance produces character and character hope. That even when you're in the situation when you haven't seen the fulfillment of what's being promised, the Scripture tells us in the book of Habakkuk, that though the fig tree doesn't blossom, though there be no fruit on the vine, yet will I praise him. He makes my feet like hinds feet to stand on my high places. That in the midst of whatever you're walking through, not only do we have the promise that he makes all things work together for our good, hallelujah, that he is faithful and true, that he who has purposed it will also do it, but we also have the joy of knowing that in the process, he's actually transforming us to be able to stand on higher places of exposure to shine his light even brighter and even further, to enlarge our influence, hallelujah. That's good news. You know, if God is for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. And uh, so I was sharing about uh, Hannah and Penina, the other wife that she was with. You can have a look in 1 Samuel. Uh, Elkanah had two wives. Praise the Lord, that is illegal in Australia. It caused trouble. And uh, Penina had children and Hannah didn't. And for years and years and years, this woman mocked and mocked and mocked Hannah. And you know, Penina's name actually means coral. And coral, if anybody has ever done snorkeling or scuba diving, if you've ever, who's ever got a coral grace? Oh, ow. They don't go away quickly. You know, we, we have to go through sometimes those that, that will mock us in our, in our believing for what we haven't yet seen. We've got to be careful not to become bitter toward those that want to mock us in our, in our, our, our state where we haven't yet seen it come to pass. You know, we've got to learn how to sow the pain. I got a few mockers uh, on the internet. Praise the Lord. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with me. But you know, when we see these things, instead of reacting or responding, 
We, we've learnt to sow the pain and say, well, thank you, Father. I thank you for double blessing and double favour on the internet. Hallelujah. I thank you that you make all things work together for my good, that for my form of shame, pain and disgrace, you give me double recompense. And rather than getting bitter about it and thinking about it at night time and trying to compose a response in my head and letting it rob me of joy, I can celebrate and say, thank you, God. You are going to make this work together for good. Hallelujah. And then we, we uh, and I'm just briefly recapping, we um, talked about her husband. And he came along and he was seeing Hannah praying, believing, pressing in year after year, believing for a child. And it came to the point where in the natural it just seemed this wasn't going to happen. And he began to just try and comfort her. I mean, the Bible says that he loved her. And, and he just got alongside her and he just began to say, basically, this is my version, Honey, you know, aren't I worth more to you than ten sons? You know, maybe he had tickets on himself. But, you know, he, he was trying to be nice. He was trying to be comforting and saying, well, you know, look, why do you turn yourself inside out trying to believe for something that's obviously not going to happen? Why don't you just settle and just be content in the fact that I love you? It sounds so nice, doesn't it? But let me tell you, it's actually the voice of compromise. That voice is something that each one of us needs to be aware and alert to. Because the enemy wants to come along and he wants to abort the promise that God's put on the inside of you. He'll come along and he'll say, look, why, do you, why trouble yourself with the idea of seeing the sick healed or the dead raised? Why don't you just leave that to those radical people? Why don't you just be content? Or if you've been struggling with sickness for a long, long time and you haven't seen it happen, why don't you just sort of, why don't you just learn to live with it? Has anyone ever heard that sort of voice try to come in your ear? It's the voice of compromise, and it can be smooth. It can sound like it's comforting. Look, why, why, you know, you could maybe not have to deal with all the, uh, the opposition or people thinking that you're crazy. You know, why don't you just settle and just accept things as they are? But, you know, we have to be alert because that is deception. The thing about deception is it's very deceiving. The reality is, if you buy into that, you aren't going to be happy. It comes and it dresses itself up to say, oh, you're going to feel good. Why don't you just, just stop troubling yourself, believing for such the impossible. You know, why don't you just, just be normal? Praise the Lord. We're redefining normal. But the reality is, if you, if you buy into that, you're not going to be happy because you were created for greater works than what Jesus did. This, this is more exciting than you're actually... The Holy Spirit has created you to do greater works. And if you settle for what's ordinary and what's, you know, the, the, the voice of compromise, your joy will be stolen from you. And your desire on the inside of you to see the purposes of God come to pass won't go away. Though you, though you try and dumb it down or, or smother it with the voice of compromise, it'll still be there and you will never truly experience the fullness of joy. 
God has created you, hallelujah, to dream his dreams. Every one of us, though we're not all called to stand behind a pulpit, every one of us is called to be as he is in this earth, hallelujah. And he's pretty amazing. Now think about it. What does that actually mean? Christ in me, the hope of glory. If you're not thinking along those lines, then you are thinking too small. If, if it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you, and we're going to be baptizing people today, declaring that it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. If that be the truth, then you need to start dreaming about what God's going to do. Hallelujah. What, is, what do greater works look like? Have you even taken the time to daydream about it yet? I know you probably have because you're in this church. But I want to encourage you, it is not wasted time to daydream about the greater works that Jesus has planned. And if you're not thinking about greater works and what it looks like, like I was so excited. I, I walked past Nathaniel doing some editing last week and I said, hey, Nathaniel, have you ever thought about what, what greater works would look like? And he goes, actually, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> I was like, yes, I love my team. <laughs> Because that's how we're supposed to think. That's how we're supposed to be dreaming and thinking. And we need to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of who Jesus is. Jesus is amazing. That's who you are. Hallelujah. No longer you who live. Christ who lives in you. You are created to not only exist and get by and be polite in society. You are the light of the world. You, you, are, you are called to be bright shining stars who stand out in the darkness of the night and you reveal the glory of God. Hallelujah. If you give in to compromise, you'll never be happy. And I tell you, there's no joy like seeing Jesus manifested in glory through your life. It's so wonderful. And then, you know, she was misunderstood by um, Eli, praying and travailing. And, you know, there is... An aspect of birthing our promises is, comes when we pray. But I want to speak to you a little bit about prayer today. You know, sometimes we misunderstand the concept of travail and prayer. And sometimes we can pray from an, from an attitude that we're trying to get God to do something. You know, there's a difference between having a son's mentality and an orphan's mentality. We aren't on the outside praying to God to get him to do something. But instead, we are seated in heavenly places with him. Hallelujah. And we can pray as Jesus prayed. Hallelujah. I want you, if you would turn with me uh, to John eleven eleven. Who's been occasionally curious as to why they always notice eleven eleven? Few people out there. Well, I got, I got some good news for you. Maybe God is trying to get your attention. John 11, 11 says here, These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Jesus said to them, I go that I may wake Lazarus up. He's asleep. He was dead. When he put it plainly, he's asleep, but I go to wake him up. Why didn't he say he was dead in the first place? 
because he was trying to speak something to you and I. Lazarus, when you look at the name Lazarus, it means God is my helper. Jesus, I want to put this to you. Jesus wants to wake you up to the reality of the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. That he is your ever-present help in time of need. He wants to wake you up to the revelation that Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus is right here to help you now and release revelation life through you. Resurrection life. Hallelujah. God is trying to get your attention and it's to wake you up. He's coming to, uh, to wake you up to the truth that God is your helper. Amen. And, you know, I really believe that as we begin to understand the power of knowing what it is to be in Him. In Him we live and move and have our being. In that place, we're not coming as orphans standing on the outside trying to get God to do something, but we're actually seated with Him. Not on the outside, but the Bible says that you have been raised with Him and you are seated with Him in heavenly places. Where is He seated? At the right hand of the Father. They were arguing about who gets to be on the right and the left. You know what? Because you are in Jesus, you are seated with him. He's in the most favored place in heaven. This is exciting. If you feel like, well, my prayer doesn't carry as much weight as hers or as his, you are living from an orphan mentality. Oh, I'm going to preach myself happy. Come on, you've got to help me. God is looking for you to wake up and recognize who you are. You are the favored one of God. You are seated in heavenly places with him at the right hand of the Father. You have his favor. You are surrounded by his favor as with a shield. He says, whatever you ask, I'll do it for you. Jesus has come to wake you up. He's come to wake Lazarus up. Lazarus has been sleeping. Oh yeah, God's my helper. That's so good. I wish you'd help me. And Jesus is coming. You, you've been asleep, but I want to wake you up to this truth. Hallelujah. The power that is now, the greatness of the power toward those who believe. Ula bashaba. So John 11, um, verse 41. I love this. I, I was just studying how Jesus prays. As I was looking at the subject of travail and birthing. It says here, And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. I love that. Jesus is like, yeah, I know. I know that you hear me. In fact, you hear me before I even ask. The scripture says, it tells us in Matthew 6, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So he's like, Jesus is there going, I know. You know, I know. But for their sake, I'm going to let them know that you and I know. He tells us in Matthew 6 that the father knows what we, we need, but then he goes on and tells us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. 
What's that all about? Jesus is looking for you to actually step up into your place of sonship. Remember the older brother in the story of the prodigal son? The older brother would say, well, you never gave me a calf to celebrate with. And the father was like, you never asked. You see, most of us have lived in a place where we've, we've had ideas that God wants to do something, but we've lived with an orphan mentality that's thought, well, you know, I'm going to try and pray and hope that he does something. Yet when Jesus is there, he's trying to wake you up to the revelation that you are now seated with him in heavenly places. And you can say, Father, I know that you hear me. I thank you that you hear me. And I get to pray now from a place of absolute confidence that you already know what I need and you're going to supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory, that you've created me for greater works. You said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I don't have to pray and beg you to move in power when I pray, when I pray for the sick. I can pray for the sick and know already, hallelujah, that I am directly connected and your power is about to flow. You're very quiet. The Holy Spirit wants to bring you to a place, I believe, where, you, where we are coming into a season where the believers are going to start to recognize the greatness of the power that is toward them. We're about to enter a new season of signs and wonders beyond what we've ever seen before. Hallelujah. And it's going to come as Lazarus is woken up as the revelation of God with us. He is my helper. He is my strength. And he is the one that's going to do it, is, is birthed in our hearts. So he says, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you will always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. You know, sometimes it's so easy to slip into that orphan thinking. Even if you've got the revelation of the Father's love, it's not something you get and then move on from. God is looking for you to live in a daily revelation of the Father's heart, of the Father's love for you, so that you overflow continually. You see, and if you are not receiving, I love the way Leif Hetland puts it. You know, when we say Abba, it's like, we breathe him in, we believe and we receive. <gasps> By your grace, I can believe and I can call you Papa. I can rest into the revelation that you are my daddy God, that you are for me. <gasps> breathe him in and know that you're with me. And we can, we can uh, minister out of that revelation knowledge that, oh, <gasps> Oh, here I am in your presence. You love me. I'm the apple of your eye. I'm seated in heavenly places with you. And I can pray out of that place in a place of power. I can rest into him and see his glory released. Or I can try to work things up. Occasionally, I've gotten into this, this thinking. I've been like, I've been very busy and I'll have a meeting and I'll think, okay, all right, I'm going to pray in tongues so I can get the anointing. Shaka mahasa, uramasanda. And I love to pray in the Spirit. I love to pray in tongues. In fact, I believe the more we pray in tongues, the more revelation comes, the more the Holy Spirit sets things up for us. But if you are praying, no matter how it is, whether you're going through your list, whether you're asking, whether you're praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, if you are praying to get something, you are praying from an orphan mentality. 
God is looking for you to pray from a place where you know that he already has heard you, that he already knows what you're going to ask, and in fact, that he's more than willing to do it. And you pray then with God from the place of being seated with him in heavenly places. That, that I can pray in tongues, and as I pray in tongues, I'm praying from this place, <gasps> seated with you, Shalama. And now as a son, as a daughter, I'm going to pray in the Spirit, knowing by faith that as I'm praying, that, that the Spirit of God Himself, my helper, is actually setting things up for me to walk into. He's, he's already going before me. He's like He's laying the path. He's setting up the divine opportunities for me to go and do the greater works. And it's my privilege as a child of God now to partner with Him in prayer, shakalaba. So in this place that I'm seated with him in heavenly places, when I pray out of that place, I'm praying in faith. I'm not praying in fear. God's looking for us to be seated with him in heavenly places, and he wants you to begin to recognize it. You see, you haven't been brought to the kingdom so that you can just, you know, sit there and, and do nothing. Breathe him in, breathe him out. Freely we receive, freely we give. God is looking for us to begin to come into a place of maturity where not only do we receive his love, but then we partner with him as mature sons and daughters beginning to see the kingdom of God established on the earth. Thank you, James. The Holy Spirit, I can feel it. The Spirit of God is stirring His people, but He wants to bring you to a new place of authority. And it's not being given to you, it's being awakened in you. So um, I love when He, he, he begins to go on and he, he just stands there and says, Father, you know the things that uh, we have need of. In Matthew 6, and then he stands at the tomb. And he says, I know, you, um, I, I know, Father, thank you that you've heard me, and I know that you will always hear me. Because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And then he gets to the place where he starts to make declarations. He gets there and he says, Lazarus, come forth. You know, when you are living in this place and reminding yourself, oh, yes, God, I'm seated in heavenly places with you. I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed. I'm made whole. Thank you, God. I'm in that place of favor. I don't have to try and earn that favor. But here I am. I can talk to you. I process with him. I tell him all the stuff that's going on in my heart. I exchange my fears for his strength. And, and as I live in this place that I'm no, no longer on the outside looking in, but reminding myself that I'm seated with him in heavenly places. As I ask and as I pray, God then wants to bring you to the place where you begin to say it, where you begin to declare it, where you begin to command. Hallelujah. I've seen people try to do declarations and commands out of a place of fear. Oh, oh God, do something. And oh, they'll make a declaration be healed. And you can see in their eyes, I really don't think you will be, but I'm going to try. Because they understand the principle. But God is looking for you to actually rest into the chair, seated up there in heavenly places with him, to pray, 
to pray, to pray, to ask. Ask and keep on asking. It's in the book. Hallelujah. But we don't ask as a, as a I hope you do it. But I'm asking because this is my job. This is my work as a, as a, as a son, as a daughter of God. I'm asking. And oh, it's so good because as I'm asking, God is already setting it all up. He's doing it. And then I come to the place where I'm decreeing and I'm declaring and I'm seeing it come to pass where we begin to declare those things that we've been asking for, be those things that be not as though they are. Hallelujah. You know, God is looking for you to ask and keep on asking in a faith and a hope. And he's looking for you also to begin to step into that role that he's given you as a son and a daughter of God. The one we were created in his image. Hallelujah. The image of the one who created the world with his words. And begin to say things that be not as though they are. To begin to make decrees. To begin to say, thank you, Jesus. I am healed. Thank you, God, that whatever you're believing for, my finances are blessed. Thank you, God, that uh, that, that relative I'm praying for is saved. I declare that person is a worshiper of Jesus. Hallelujah. Begin to make declarations that uh, whatever it might be that you're believing for, begin to speak it out. Because the Bible says that you create, carry creative power in your tongue. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. But as you, as you begin to make decrees from the place of rest, things get good. Hallelujah. But if you, if you slip back into that mentality of, oh, I'm going to try and work it up. I'm going to, you know, I, wanna, I need to get the anointing. I need, I need to get in a spiritual place. Then we're actually living in an orphan mentality again. And we have to daily, deliberately, vigilantly, Allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds. Allow the Word of God to wash our minds and, and bring us back to the truth. That's right. Hallelujah. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What does that look like? Oh, what does it feel like to have His blood cleanse me from all of my sin to be the righteousness of God in Christ? You know, that's a really good thing to stop and feel every day. To allow your faith to enter into the truth that, hallelujah, I am not guilty anymore. Oh, forgiven. Free. That when I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That is, give me a clean conscience. And then he says, even if your heart condemns you, he's greater than your heart. That's good news. But I tell you, you've got to remind yourself. You've got to stir yourself up by way, way of remembrance and say, yes, God, I, need, I, want to, I want to remember the truth that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. Therefore, this life that I'm now living is going to glorify God, that there is great power that God wants to release through us. You know, I really believe that God is getting ready to birth Many, many things through this house. Many, many things in your lives. And if you'll be willing to, to say no to the voice of compromise that would get you to settle for less than God's glorious best, then you need to, you need to recognize that he's also given you a way of escape in every temptation. When you're feeling tempted just to settle and to give up hope, remind yourself, where else am I going to go, Lord? You alone have the word of life. 
Remind yourself that how else am I actually going to experience true joy and a fulfilled life if I'm not doing what I'm made to do? To remind yourself that God has great and glorious plans and that he who's purposed it will also be your helper to see it come to pass. Hallelujah. He wants you to stir yourself up remembering his faithfulness, remembering his goodness. He wants you to feed on his faithfulness. You know, to th- we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Begin to celebrate everything that he has done. Begin to remember what he has done. Begin to worship him from that place of security beside him. Instead of worshiping from an orphan mentality of, I'm trying to let my worship be acceptable to you, worship him from that place that says, thank you, God. I know that you love me and I come to worship you. I come to honor you. Hallelujah. I boldly enter your throne, come before the throne of grace because of the blood of the Lamb. I believe that Jesus Christ has made me clean and it's because of his worthiness I can now boldly stand before God himself, unafraid, unashamed, and I can ask whatever I will, hallelujah, because I belong there. You see, when you know where you belong, you're not trying to to do stuff to become accepted. You see, if you, if you put behavior before belonging, you're living from an orphan mentality. God wants you to know that you belong right there with him, seated in heavenly places. He loves you. And out of that place of believing and belonging, you will behave. Hallelujah. But if you're trying to behave to get to belong, then you've missed the boat. The truth is, that is not the gospel. The gospel is you couldn't do it. So Jesus did it for you. And if you will believe, not only do you get forgiven, not only are you made clean, but you have so much power that you are needing help to understand and know the greatness of the power that now resides inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.